Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house, thankful for this holiday season, this Christmas where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we spend some time in Scripture that may sound familiar, I pray that you would be putting fresh ideas in our minds, fresh thoughts in our heads and in our hearts. That, Lord, as we think about the gifts which seem to be the center of this Christmas holiday, that we begin to think about the gifts that we have. And the gifts that we have to offer you through sacrifice, through service, through time and energy. Or may we begin to look at not what we can't do this season, but what we can do. May we focus, Lord, on being thankful for that babe child that would be the Savior of the world. Lord, for those who are struggling and feeling depressed and dark and cold and left out, I pray that you'd begin to warm them from the inside. That you would encourage their heart that even though things may be different, we can still enjoy this holiday season. That our focus can be pointed directly towards you. And that, Lord, those gifts that you have given us are gifts we can share. The worst possible gift is the one not open, not experienced, not used up. And so, Lord, I ask even now, work in our hearts and minds. Remind us of the gifts you have given us. The gift this morning may have been being able to get out of bed, putting clothes on and gas in our cars to drive to church. And so, Lord, as we come May our hearts be pointed in your direction. May our thoughts be focused on you. And may our actions reflect that in kind words and encouraging deeds. All encompassed in that idea of love. Write our hearts to love like you love. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning we're in Matthew chapter 2. And I don't want you to I don't want you to shut me off before I get started, okay? I know you've heard the scripture before, but I want you to listen for something new, something different, maybe something a little uh, that you hadn't heard before. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, 
Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of, Ju of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them out, out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, have been and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing his praises this morning. Before we pray. It says, but we have treasures, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-passing powerful power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning reminded how that feels. Reminded, Lord, that these are difficult times and it's easy to say, well, it'll get better and it'll be okay. And the voice of a young one who says, I just want this to be done. Breaks my heart. Because that's exactly where I am. And in some way, Lord, you want us to be there today. Break our hearts that we can hear your voice. We want to say, all right, I give up. Uncle, I, I tap out. I'm done. I've had enough. And yet you have called us to continue to walk because you are faithful. You have called us to be followers of you. And even in this divided world we live in, this discouraging and struggling for every step, feel like we scratch 
and claw to get to the next thing. Nothing feels easy. And yet that's okay. Lord, may we be the people who continue to follow after you. And Lord, may we pray for our brothers and sisters who aren't here this morning, who aren't feeling comfortable to be here. May we come alongside of those who are struggling. We're struggling in a different way. This Christmas can be different. It will be different. And yet it can be different in a good way. Maybe we begin something new we've never done before. Maybe we reach out in a new way. Maybe we sit in our easy chair and contemplate like we've never contemplated the sacrifice of sending your son to this earth. Maybe we recognize a gift we didn't even know we had. Maybe we use a gift that we find very easy to use. Overall, maybe we come closer to you through this experience. Love us. Encourage us. Remind us. Because we know, Lord, everything we have comes from you. And you are a God of wonders. May we not lose sight of that. May our life shine like a candle in the darkness. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And if you're a children, you can church. Right, Lou? Oh, wait. I missed Lou. He already left. <laughs> I know. He's like, mm. I think you could tell him there's ice cream somewhere and he wouldn't even know. He would be gone. <laughs> so we begin the Christmas season, and um, I don't know if you paid attention to the video. I hope you paid attention to the video. Uh, obviously, that's uh, really a pretty old song. This, might, this picture might remind you of being a kid. Do you remember watching this show? I hated this show because the lamb was, like, wounded, right? I, I had the bad feeling. I was like, oh. So I, I think I might go home and watch it, just because I want to know why, why when I looked at this picture, I was like, ooh, I love, the, I love the song, I don't love the, the show, must have really hit me in the feels for some reason. Uh, I just wanted you to know that the little drummer boy is not in scripture. You need to know that. Uh, the little drummer boy uh, was actually written in 1941. Um, but it very well, and, and uh, to me, it makes some sense that it could have happened. Uh, that a young boy uh, drumming would have uh, gone to see the Savior. And um, if you know much about Civil War, uh, I don't know a lot, but I, I read enough to know. Um, that the drummer was a very important part of the military. The drummer's job wasn't to just make noise, make music, right, or cadence. Um, that was one of the things he did. But during those times of war when the smoke was bellowing and, the, and they didn't know exactly where they might be going or heading, they, there were different sounds that the drummer made 
to uh, allow the troops to understand where they were going to do next, whether they were going to retreat, whether they were going to attack. Uh, he had a lot of different positions. And um, so one of the things for Christmas, this Christmas season we're going to talk about, Brentley and I had talked a lot about, um, was what kind of gifts do you have to offer Jesus this Christmas season? A lot of times we think gifts are money. And I would say that if I think about how gifts work, the worst gift is money, right? We just, a few of us might like Amazon cards, but anytime I've given Amazon cards, it doesn't go over well. My mother-in-law says that's the worst gift ever because there's no thought in it. I didn't think anything, so I just give you a card. It's be- it is better than not getting anything. My daughter, on the other hand, says that you must invest a lot of time, energy, and uh, sacrifice uh, crafty things to make a good gift. <laughs> and she does, I will say this, she makes great gifts. Because she always invests uh, an emotional piece in that gift. And so I'll ask you, what, are you, what is your gift to Jesus this year? What are you planning on giving him for Christmas Any ideas? Any thoughts? Any thoughts about what your gift for Jesus is this year? you got a couple weeks to think about it. And if you want to go with me on Christmas Eve, we can pick it out together. I'm still planning on doing Christmas Eve. I'm not, I'm not sure I won't have anything but garden hoses to buy. I don't know. If my wife gets a garden hose for Christmas, that's what I wanted anyway. <laughs> she wanted it. She did get one before. So I got, this is side note, not on the paper, but this is really good Christmas story. So do you ever remember, do you remember the infomercials where the, the hoses were like uh, fire hoses and they laid flat until you put water in, they fill up and they can't kink and they don't mess up because they just lay flat and then you fill them with water. So my wife wanted one of those for Christmas 15, 20 years ago, probably now. And so... Someone, did my mom buy it for you? Someone bought her that gift. I think it's probably my mom. She usually buys what we want. And she loved it. So much so that I wrapped it again. <laughs> and I put it under the Christmas tree. <laughs> and she couldn't believe that she had two garden hoses 50 feet long. <laughs> She never took it out of the box, Ken. It was easy. It was like, oh. One time she got a colander for Christmas. My wife has taken a lot of abuse for Christmas. She's also gotten some good ones, but that was a, that was a really good one. So what, what gifts are you going to give Jesus this Christmas? Because isn't Christmas about gifts, at least in our mind, even if, uh, even if, those of faith, um, the world has still hung on to the idea of giving gifts. Uh, even in the secular world, we spend a lot of time and energy. Uh, and if you watch any commercials, you know it's all about gifts. And if you didn't know, you might get a BMW uh, for Christmas if you watch that commercial, right? My wife and I, I just want to know, I got this question. If anyone knows anyone who got a brand new car in their driveway for Christmas... I'd like to know that person because I just want to get a sense of what that means because 
We watch that commercial, what, a million times. And every time we watch it, we say the same thing. Who buys their spouse a car for Christmas? A brand new, I mean, put a big red bow on. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but, and it's usually not, it's not a, it's not a low-end car. It's not like a, that's the, well, maybe they do. Maybe I just don't, I don't have any good, I don't have any rich friends. Maybe that's, I don't know. I just don't know of anyone who buys, I know people who buy tractors for their spouses. I've met a guy who bought a, a, a gun for his, uh, a crossbow for his wife once. But I don't know anybody that's bought in cars. What makes a gift special is the love that's invested in it, right? What, what if you think about the most special gifts you've ever had, I can think about what makes my mom cry. She's not here, I can pick on her. What makes my mom cry for Christmas is always the same thing. It's hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's, it's pictures. Pictures of her family. That she, if you go to her house, you'll see there's like pictures from when we were this big to when our grandkids were this big to when our grandkids. There's pictures everywhere. And so when my mom opens a gift and it looks like a, a frame, the tears just literally start. And she's sobbing by the time she's open to see the people that are with her in a picture. <laughs> but for my mom, that means love. It means um, there was a lot of care and thought. And what my mom sees is not a picture with some people on it, but rather the time and energy put into making, to be clean and dressed up and to get your picture taken. And so she sees all that stuff and she knows how important that is. She still has, this is no lie, she still has my snow globe from first grade. It was literally a plastic uh, cup with, a, with like a little scene and some fuzzy cotton, and there's, it's taped to it, and it's still on the tree. My mom still has all of our Christmas ornaments, and my wife has all of my kids' Christmas ornaments. And those are all really important because they're loaded with love. And so I'll ask you, what have you... Or what are you going to invest the love that you have for Jesus into a gift for him? What is that gift? We're talking about the Magi this week, the wise men. Um, something we really don't have much. They would have been a philosopher or a... Magi was, a, was the, really the root word for magician. Well, now we think of magicians as like tricksters, right? But back then they would have been... Uh, very learned men, um, wise people, uh, people who were, who were treated with a lot of respect. And so the scripture today talks about the wise men coming from the east, probably Persia, that most commentaries believe that it would have come from Persia, and that they would have come looking for a savior. Was anybody out last night after dark and saw the, or this morning and saw the, the stars. It was a clear night last night. Beautiful. It was cold. But I didn't see any stars that said, with an arrow pointed, go, go this way to find the Savior. That part boggles my mind. When I look about the scripture, it's like, they saw a star in the east, and they went after it, looking for a Savior. Do you realize, did you ever think about how long they maybe waited and in anticipation for that star. 
And I'll ask you, are you waiting in anticipation for Jesus this Christmas season? I'm talking like our little kids' anticipation. The little kids' anticipation for Christmas when you can't sleep or when you're seeing those presents and you need to unwrap them or when you need to break into the place where mom hides them. The scripture that we're looking at today says, For we have seen this star in the east and have come to worship him. I believe that they were looking for a long time for this star. They didn't just willy-nilly go outside one night and like, Hey, there's a star, let's go. They had been waiting in anticipation for this star to lead them to the Savior. And they were excited to go. Kind of like last week when we, we uh, sang happy birthday to Daryl. There was, there was a lot of excitement. That was, that was pretty fun for me, Daryl. I liked your birthday last week. Because that's like out of the blue, right? We didn't even think much about it. I know you may not know what this is. I'll help you explain. That is my granddaughter with her hair never cut ever yet. And my daughter sent us this picture this week. She said, hey, Dad, guess, or well, she was telling us both. She said, this is what we did. We put up the Christmas tree, and she loves the bulbs. And so she showed us the tree. At the height of Lumina, there were no bulbs from there down. Every, <laughs> every bulb was removed where she could reach, and then the tree is perfect above that. And thank, I mean, they're all plastic, so, and they're all, you know, they're rolling around. And in a view of the house, you could see bulbs all over the place. Well, Hannah decided that um, last week that she would wrap a few gifts and throw them under the tree and just see what happened. Well, it didn't take very long, right? A couple days in, Hannah comes out, and here's Lumina on the ground, and whatever, they were little boxes of some sort. I couldn't tell what was in them. She didn't even tell us. Whatever was in them were all opened up. And it was amazing to me that you didn't have to teach her how to open presents, right? She knew how to open the presents from the beginning. And this was like practice. So my other daughter, Sarah, said, well, I bought her a whole bunch of things and I'm going to wrap them all separate. Because <laughs> you know at 18 months or whatever, 20 months, whatever she is now at this point, 20 months, that it's not the gift as much as it is the wrapping, right? It's exciting for her to open the wrapping and so Hannah caught her out there opening up all the wrapping and enjoying. And she, and we know how this works, right? This year she'll kind of get a taste of it, and next year will be even more chaos, right? And about five or six years old, I don't know if that's when it peaks or not, but it seems to peak about that age, right? Christmas will be all-encompassing. It will be the only thing going on. Food, I don't... When we used to do uh, Christmas Eve, my, my grandmother would always make sure we had, we had to eat before we could open presents. And so as a kid, man, we ate. It was like as much as I could scoop in and finish. And it was like, eh, eh, eh. let's get all these presents separated. And then it felt like there were like piles for everybody. I don't know if there really was, but it felt that way. Why have we lost that anticipation? Why have we lost the anticipation 
of this holiday and an opportunity to be together and to share in this, uh, this joyous moment of Jesus coming to earth, changing the world, turning it on its head. I'd like to tell you that this is, it's new this year and that's, you know, it's always, but I believe that we've lost that anticipation a lot of times as we continue to get older and be, we get kind of wore down by the world. And so I'm going to ask you to try something different this year and to find a way to make it special. Find a way to make this year special and to find some anticipation. Anticipation in enjoying time together, in reflecting on the sacrifice that was made for us. I don't know what that looks like. But I would encourage you to think about new ways to make this Christmas special. We made Thanksgiving special. We ended up not going anywhere. <laughs> that was a, it was a safety thing, but uh, it was one of those like, let's just, it was different. And I didn't like it so much. But it was one of those where, okay, this is the best bet, right? This is the best decision for our safety and uh, for our family's safety. And so we just decided, okay, let's just, let's just hang out this year and be careful. We made it special by cooking a chicken. Not a turkey. Why would you cook a turkey on Thanksgiving when you can cook a chicken? Make this Christmas special. I got a couple ideas. I'll talk about them as we go down through. Find ways to worship. Do you realize that the, the, the Magi came and it says in verse 11, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with, with great joy. And going into the house, remember the star took them to that house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. I don't know about you, but it seems kind of crazy that they went, okay, there's a star, oh, there's a house. And Walking into that house had to have been an interesting moment. <laughs> We're here to see the baby. hope there's a baby in there, right? <laughs> hope we didn't get the wrong house. The reality is they found a way to worship. And they went into that house and they worshipped this baby. This child. I appreciate Ron and Connie's offer to open their doors at Thanksgiving, something they wouldn't normally do because I talked to Connie and she said, normally we have a place to go and normally we're going somewhere and we have a plan. And she said, but that got canceled so we're going to do something different. A new tradition. Someone else I know made cookies for a friend. We have all these opportunities to find ways to worship God with new traditions. I want to share with you, if I find it, i got to find it here real quick. I put in the back uh, some papers that look just like this. And you may remember Lois last week asked for a card shower for Jane Bartlett. Um, 
Jane is one of, uh, there's probably 12 or 13 people on this list, and this is up to date as much as I have. If it's not up to date, let me know, call the office list. There's a list of people who are either shut-ins or in nursing homes who aren't able to be with us because of that. And I want to encourage you to find ways. Most every one of these has a number and or uh, they all have an address. And I have numbers for some of them uh, to actually call and talk to them. And I want to encourage you that those people in this time, this year, are having a hard time. They're having a difficult time. Jane Bartlett said, this is jail. That was her words. That's why she, that's she, and it hurt. It hurt. It hurt like, oh, I get it. These are our people. And I encourage you to take some time and energy and write a note, write a card, write something personal. Give them a call. Find a way to encourage their heart this year. This Christmas. If there was ever a year that they needed to feel our love, it's this year. It's hard. The Magi, they took a road trip. Did you see that? They're like, all right, we're going to go and find this king and we're going to worship this baby. How often do you think people worship babies? That was an interesting whole situation. Finally, give your gifts. The scripture says, and then they opened their treasures and presented to him, Jesus, their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This might be, this is just someone's idea of what might have been in, uh, that's a pretty good chunk of gold, if I'm looking. The beast of a chunk of gold. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So this is where we get interactive for just a second. What do you think gold means? What's that? Royalty. I missed the other one. Purity. Purity. Okay. Royalty. uh, Deity. Or not deity. uh, Would have been only the kings, right? Uh, The richest of the rich would have had gold. Frankincense. Anybody know what frankincense is? Anybody ever smell it? You can buy it on Amazon. I did find that out. I might try buying it. Just see what happens. Anybody know what frankincense was all about? Like a perfume, right? It definitely had a incense. Do you see the incense on the second half of that word? What was that, Lee? No, not that one. Wrong answer. But I'll, I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk the next time. One second. It's burnt, right? It was it it was burnt in spiritual ceremony. Frankincense was used to, uh, in the, the spiritual realm. And so when they gave that to Jesus, it was a symbol of understanding that he was a spiritual leader as well. Not just an uh, earthly leader, but a spiritual leader. It would have been used in that realm. And myrrh was what, Lee? Exactly. That's all right. No, I'm just harassing you. Myrrh was... was uh, was used to mix with oil to embalm. You may or not remember, because we've never done this. We've never done this. But death was way different back then. They didn't have embalming fluids, and they did. Uh, their showings would be about a week long in your house. That's different, huh? 
Set them out on the front porch. <laughs> and so myrrh was, this, uh, was a scent to help embalm and one to take away some of that nasty smell that would have happened by the end of the week. It also was a foreshadowing of where Jesus would head. Even at his birth, they talked about, he was given this gift of myrrh. And it reminds us that his impending death was on the horizon. You get two pictures of Lumina this week. Because I got two pictures. I got this is her gift. She was making cookies. You can't tell. The picture's a little harder to tell. In her hand is a, a whole cup of sprinkles. And if you look on her face, the sprinkles never made it to the cookie. It made it to her mouth. I guess she decided the cookies didn't need sprinkles. Her mouth needed sprinkles. I'm not sure if I want that gift. <laughs> it's kind of like Big Hug Sunday. You take your chances, right? <laughs> when, you get, when you have a cookie at Big Hug Sunday, you know you're going to get frosting. Uh, you might get a few germs and who knows what else along with it. So what's your gift for this holiday season? We're going to continue to talk about this for the next couple weeks. I want you to think about what your gift is to God is in this holiday season. And not only what your gift is, but how you will use it. How you will express it to others. How you will take that gift and share it with those who need it. I was blessed this week by a couple really, really cool gifts. And they came in the way of texts. This week was a long week, a rough week. And I got a two, two gifts on Thursday morning. And both of those gifts were in text form. And they reminded me why. Why. God has us exactly where we are today. And that he continues to work in our lives. He continues to be faithful. And he continues to encourage us in that way. I'm not sure either the, the people who sent those texts had any clue how important those texts were at that moment. But their gift was pushing little buttons on a phone. Kind words, encouraging words. I'll leave you with this. It says, my life is God's gift to me. What do I, what I do with my, with my gift, what I do with it. Thank you. Jeez, Louise, I can't read. What I do with it is my gift to God. If you have accepted that gift from God, which is salvation, eternal uh, standing with God, you have been given a gift. <laughs> a gift in which you can't fully repay. 
If you have that gift, you have a responsibility to share that gift with someone else in some way, shape, or form. I encourage you to contemplate your gift. What is the gift God has given you? What I've come to realize is very rarely is it money. Very rarely is it money. Money's easy. We live in America. Money's easy. We have money uh, sticking out all over the place. Time, energy, our heart, prayer. I think those gifts are not used nearly as often. We throw money in an offering plate thinking that will take care of it. I encourage you to look at the gifts God has given you and find ways to use them. I, I, I think I said it last week and I'll say it again. If, if you don't know what your gifts are, you have an opportunity to figure those out. I'd love to sit and talk with you about that. Uh, Rachel Stedman is leading a class that starts next week that talks about uh, your gifts. Uh, it's a Chip Ingram video series. Uh, will be done during Sunday school. I encourage you. If you're not sure where your gifts are, or you're like, I need, I need some new gifts, or I want to grow some new ones, I want to work on some of the gifts I have, I encourage you to jump into that class. It's never too late to begin. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We are thankful for the way that you have offered your gift of Jesus, that he would come to this earth for me. He came to this earth to take care of my problems, my issues. He came as a sacrifice that I needed. I didn't have, I don't have, I will never have what I need to do this on my own. I need you. Lord, don't let me forget that I need you. Don't let me live this life thinking that I got it figured out. Hard-pressed, perplexed, reminded that I don't have it. I'm not able to do it. Exactly where I need to be. In your name we pray. Amen.